Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. All right, let's mix it up. Let's. Let's. We already mixed it, though. (laughs) We did. Yeah. Two days again. We've done this a few times. <laughs> Works out better. The second one's always more fun. That's right. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be fun. We're talking about the Fed today. Oh, my favorite topic. Yeah. Yes. And we have a new cocktail to try. Yeah. I had never heard of this. Never heard of it. And it looks you know, good, though. All it, the ingredients we are big fans of. Yeah. There's a lot of ingredients. This actually. Okay. I'm going to just say this. We have not tried okay. it yet, but it. Kind of reminds me of um, a Long Island iced tea. It does. But not trashy. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoy a Long Island iced tea, God, God bless, bless you. you. <laughs> enjoy, okay? But yeah, this has just got all kinds of stuff in it. But uh, you know what? The, you know what else has a lot of stuff in it? This episode. Oh, right. <laughs> oh. Whoa. <laughs> quack, quack. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Fed because we hear a lot about the Fed these days, yeah. right? Yeah. So what exactly do they do? What does it mean when we talk about interest rate hikes and people freaking out? Why does out? it matter? Why does it matter? How does it, yeah, how does it honestly impact everyday folks? We are definitely not diving into all the details and intricacies of everything the Fed does and all the ways that it trickles down into the system and how it eventually hits your wallet. Yeah, download our ebook for that. Oh, wait. You don't uh, I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be more of a primer. Yeah. Um, but you know what? If you are sitting at the bar with your friend yeah. uh, or at a speakeasy, let's say, and mm-hmm. you're sipping on a cocktail and you know the interest rate bed topic comes up, you will be able to hang That's right. in a conversation with your friends Absolutely. after this episode, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> All that being said, yes. let's get into the drink. This is a high horse, Jason, yes. a high horse, which... To me, I hear high horse and I think immediately Kentucky. This is going to be a bourbon heavy drink. Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, nope. No bourbon. A little bit. <laughs> so let's get into the ingredients. I thought and, uh, the first thing I thought was get off your high horse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I know. No idea what kind no. of drink. Yeah. No. I, I don't know why they call it a high horse. I probably could read the drink history, but we don't get into that as much these yeah, days. No, we're just getting right down to business. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the ingredients here and in the uh, the high horse. Uh, we start with one and a half ounces of aged rum or spiced rum. Mm-hmm. Or however, you know what? Dark rum of your choice. Put it right. that way. Yep. A half an ounce of brandy. And if you have cognac sitting around, cognac is a brandy. Very similar. A uh, half an ounce of cherry liqueur. Mm-hmm. So don't make the mistake and use Luxardo because right. even though Luxardo makes those awesome cherries that we love, it's not really a cherry liqueur. Right. We're talking like this is the most Long Island iced tea ingredient there is. <laughs> we, I think we use Dr. McGillicuddy. It looks like medicine. Right. You know, those just obviously. I mean, the label liqueurs. is even, <laughs> yeah. even like medicine. Uh, so the cherry liqueur, a half an ounce of sweet vermouth. You know that we we really like Carpano Antica. However, we're out, yeah. dang it. So we used Martini and Rossi. Yep. Probably the most popular one out there or the most readily available at least. Two dashes of Angostura bitters. So basically add all the ingredients into a mixing glass or a shaker. And yeah, shake, cold. mix, whatever. Get it real cold. And then you're going to garnish that with a brandied cherry. So Luxardo cherry. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. 
yeah, this one's interesting. It looks amazing. It does. It, it looks really, really cool. It looks similar to Martin or not a Martini. A Manhattan. Uh, a Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, very similar to a Manhattan. Let's see what it tastes like, Jason. I don't think it's going to taste like a Manhattan. No. <laughs> Cheers and dive right in. All right. Oh, man. I like that a lot. Ooh. Ooh. It's spicy. Yeah, there it, is some spice. Well, it's the, the spice drum. Yeah. Now, okay. You said... It looks wow. like a Manhattan, doesn't taste like it. It is similar to a Manhattan. It is surprisingly similar to a Manhattan. I use uh, rye almost exclusively, exclusively in yeah, Manhattans. Yeah. And the spice, that's, yeah, the, the spice is making me think uh, of a Manhattan. I, I also get that cherry it's liqueur. Like, it's like almost like clovey cinnamon coming yes. out. Bingo. Well, there it is. It's clovey. That's what it was. What Thank the you. heck? Like, yeah, it's clovey. It's, man, this would be a good fall drink. Where did that come from? Yeah, that's good. I like that. And you know what? If you got a sweet tooth, that's sweet enough. Oh, it's sweet. It's sweet enough. But it's not cloying. It, it's not it's, uh, overpowering. I mean, but let's face it. Look at the ingredients. There's a lot of there's a lot of brandy's sweet. Yeah. Rum is sweeter. The cherry liqueur. I'm tasting that in the vermouth in there. The Angostura mm. bitters. It, that balances it real nice. Yeah. Wow. Nicely. <laughs> yeah. I'm. I'm. I like Really that. surprised. I kind of. I'm uh, on my high horse. <laughs> when I when I first found this, I thought, okay, this sounds cool, but it's probably going to be disappointing. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody threw uh, absinthe in this one. You uh, know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the brandy cocktail that we did way way back. Right. I don't know how many episodes that was uh, ago, but it, you know, it, it's. Uh, but yeah, that clovey spice. I don't know if that's the Angostura bitters or the spice drum or just the the Combo. combination somebody was brilliant that mixed all because i don't know really how you good. i don't know how you would have gotten to this point you know what i mean yeah. like a lot of other drinks you can say okay that's a rendition of the manhattan or sure a, you know a margarita this, this might have been a happy accident right like it could have been the, cleaning out the liquor cabinet yeah, we or did, something we have yeah. to get rid of this cherry liqueur <laughs> what are we going to do with it <laughs> which was my theory when we did the long island iced tea right. uh, episode that it's just like you know get a garbage can fill it up so dump whatever you can find in it <laughs> we this did is that way better than party that. not that long ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a good time <laughs> it was uh, a little bit of grapefruit juice goes a long way that's right <laughs> <laughs> this is very good uh so a lot of times when we do this, I think to myself, okay, this is one to take home and, mm-hmm. and try out, you know, with, right. with the wife, see what she thinks. I think she's going to be on board with this yeah, one. Yeah, I like this one a lot. Sweet. Good. Add if, that if, one to the recipe book. Yeah, I, I think it's a crowd pleaser, man. If you like Manhattans, you like that spiciness, great. But if you got a little bit of a sweet tooth, it's. I think it checks the boxes. This is good. This is good. And I think if you... <laughs> If you put this with nicer rum than what we had yeah. in the cabinet, if you right. put this, mix this with a little bit nicer cherry liqueur and better brandy, better I, vermouth. I wonder what cognac would do in here. Can I you do. imagine yeah. if you just use top shelf stuff and all these? Like it, <laughs> this could be fantastic. We did not use top shelf. We did not. I mean, we used Costco spiced rum. Yeah. Let's admit it. it had, <laughs> yeah, XO, right? Yeah, I mean. Oh, wait, was that the cognac? No, that was I the cognac, remember. yeah. It doesn't matter. It it's And it's not my, f- I like spiced rum a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's and I haven't drink drinking drunken <laughs> uh, drinking. This is the se- second episode that we've recorded today, so I haven't <laughs> touched that bottle in a while. Moving on, <laughs> we better. Yeah. All right, so today we're going to talk about the Fed, and a lot of people they recognize the Fed. They recognize when when people talk about the Fed, they might even mm-hmm. know a little bit about what they do. But let's start with the nuts and bolts of this. Sure, you know. 
the first thing we're going to get into, and really what we want to look at is the impact of the Fed raising rates and what that means. Right. Uh, again, we want you to be able to belly up to the bar with your friends, sip on a high horse, and mm-hmm. keep up in the conversation, right? Right. So, well, it all, I mean, it also like will check the box in your head around like, okay, this starts to like logically make sense. Yes. Why this is occurring and why it's such a big deal to the market, to the economy. Yeah, all of the tentacles, right, right that mm-hmm. that uh that go out from the Fed and their decisions. Uh, this could tie a lot of the the topics that we've covered over the last few weeks, months, whatever. It could tie a lot of that together, I think. So, sure. pretty timely. But again, this is I think a, a pretty evergreen episode too. So, if you're listening to this 2 years down the road and you want to know who the Fed is, what they do, stay tuned. Right. I, I think I think you should learn something here. So, let's get into that, Jason. We're going to talk about the Fed raising interest rates, but first, what does the Fed do? You know, I wrote a couple things down. There are a lot of things they do, a lot right. of things that they're tasked with, whether they do it right or not. You know, that's for a different discussion. <laughs> Another drink. And we'll have Another a drink. Sure. Yeah. The third podcast of the day. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Is the Fed doing a good job? All right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I, I think in general, a way to kind of summarize this would be it's their job or one of their, their aims, their mission to keep the economy going. Not too hot. Right. Not too cold, right? But just right, just right. Goldilocks, Goldilocks. Right? Yep. Okay. Yep. So and now, just knowing that, I think will help people to understand why there's so much conversation about raising rates, lowering rates. But we'll get into what all that. Well, you know, and I mean, I think is. everyone, you'd have to be like literally under a rock at yeah. this point to realize that you know inflation is causing the economy to heat up really, really like. Well, yeah, prices are are there. Uh, I guess inflation is a result of the economy heating up so much, so much demand. People are are paying whatever it takes. Yeah. You know? it, so I, I think it's interesting that you say that because a lot of times we hear inflation, we think, oh, no, that's bad news. Well, OK, what it inherently means is the economy is too hot. That's right. Right. Things are heating up too fast. Well, demand is higher than the supply. I mean, yeah. so people are going to pay more. Which it's simple th- economics. Right. And you think that's a good thing, right? Things are growing. The economy is doing well, right? And But inflation is a bad thing, right, Jason? Well, inflation is not inherently a bad thing. Uh, hyperinflation is, you know, inflation that's too high can be definitely. Yeah, I think we've gotten dangerously close to the hyperinflation kind of number. You we know? could be. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, we'll see where numbers come in. But the last rating was at like 9%. So that's historically that's high. Very high. Yes. Uh, now we did the inflation episode, uh, you know, back in December at some point. So if you're wondering what we're talking about with inflation, go back and listen to that and how inflation impacts you. We'll get into some of the details. So uh, essentially, essentially what you're saying right now is that the porridge is too hot. Yes. Well, (laughs) there's debate on that one, Jason. Well, I mean, but But I mean, the Fed, the Fed, the way that they're acting right now would signal to, uh, Americans that the economy is too hot right now. So, uh, the Fed is tasked with managing monetary policy, essentially. Correct. And what that means is money supply, right? right? So how much money is in bank accounts and in people's pockets, essentially. Mm-hmm. They're, they're controlling the money supply with monetary policy. Okay, so when we talk about interest rates, okay, they don't directly change interest rates on your bank accounts or on loans or credit cards or anything like that. What they are changing, what policy they're affecting is it's something you've probably heard of called the Fed funds rate. Yep. Okay. Yep. So the Fed funds rate, essentially, you got to think of these big commercial banks that all have, they have reserve requirements. They have to have so much money available for what's on deposit at their institution. So 
whenever there's shortages, they borrow from other banks, right? right? And there's a rate that they charge each other. That's the Fed funds rate, essentially. Um, so the Federal Open Market Committee, aka the Fed, they set these target rates. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So I hope everybody's still with us there. Yes. We're not going to go too far into the, the weeds with that, but they're setting the interest rate on what big commercial banks um, are, are essentially charging each other to borrow money back and forth uh, through the you know the overnight lending rate. So. Now this isn't one person making this decision. No, this is. There's regional Fed. There's yeah. the and they you know they they all vote by the way. Yeah. So another term you may have heard is prime rate, right? right? This overnight lending rate affects prime rate. So if you go into the bank and you're looking for a loan, they're going to base everything off of prime rate, right? So or if some you're, kind of rate standard like that. yeah yeah that's it, so let's usually say, impacted by the Fed funds rate. Absolutely affected yeah. by the Fed funds rate. So if you are, you know, a prime, well, I shouldn't say prime when I'm describing the prime rate. If you are a stellar, <laughs> you know, great credit score, a great borrower, let's say you may get something closer to prime rate, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think we've got that kind of settled. It's it's less gray than it was. How does that affect people? Okay. Well, first of all, we'll talk about, well, I guess before we get right into how does it affect people. Why did they raise their lower rates? We've talked about it a little bit. They are trying to keep the economy Goldilocks. Right. Right. We don't want things to run too hot, even though that sounds crazy. Why would you on purpose slow down the economy? Right. Uh, if the economy is doing well, that that's a good thing. Well, okay. What can happen whenever the economy is doing really well is we end up with, you know, things like inflation, which we've talked about, right. or asset bubbles. Right. Right. Maybe home values yeah, increase back in too, too quickly. 2007 and eight, we yep. definitely had a housing market bubble. Or, you know, when we talk about bubbles, and I, I think that with the stock market where people were worried, you know, that we went up, up, up for so long mm-hmm. that uh, asset prices were overinflated. So where sure. are the bubbles? I mean, look at Bitcoin and NFTs right. and things like that. Things you don't really understand when you're 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 belly up to the bar drinking a high horse and right. and your friends are talking about NFTs and you go, I don't know, this all sounds kind of crazy, right? It sounds like a bubble. Uh, so we're trying to prevent things like this, mm-hmm. you know, with monetary policy. So why would the Fed raise interest rates? Well, we don't want nine percent inflation, meaning that the cost of goods are nine percent more than they were last yeah, year. Did you get a nine percent raise? Probably not. Probably so not. you're behind, right? Yeah. So we don't. We're trying to prevent that persistent transitory inflation. Don't even say that on my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that is just strike that from ridiculous. the record. Don't even pay any attention. I'm not going to dignify that with a response. <laughs> so, not uh, my I should quote the person that said that, but it would be rude. Don't. <laughs> so, okay, realistically, the Fed is looking to combat inflation, right? right. And yep. and really by raising these rates and things like that, they're trying to com- control the monetary supply. How much money, money. is in bank <laughs> reserves? How much money is in bank accounts, right? And they can while they can't directly control this, they can certainly influence it by monetary policy or or rate policy. And this right? is this is wildly complex, guys. Like, yeah, this is not something that is just as simple as we're making it out to be. Because, like, through coronavirus time, we did a ton of stimulus. Mm-hmm. We sent checks directly to citizens and businesses. We printed money. They call that the M two money supply. It is directly in folks' pockets and. The real stinker of this whole situation that we're currently in is they can't control that right that bucket of money. So now they're tasked with interest rate policy to try to get a handle on printing, essentially printing 40 percent more money than was floating around. That's already out in the economy. The bucket just got bigger. Mm-hmm. And so that's why this is like when you, you keep hearing the term around 
a soft landing, <laughs> right? And oh, I just like get indigestion from something like that. That's but, the high horse. Yeah. <laughs> it's just another way of them saying that this is really complex and is going to require, you know, fragile movements. Yeah. And, and quite it's a fr- delicate situation. And quite frankly, you know, I think I said this yesterday. I have to give credit where credit is due. I'm shocked that the Fed has raised interest rates the way they have. Yes. Uh, so here's another thing that you can throw around to your friends at the bar. They have been more hawkish than expected, right? Yeah. So their, their interest rate policy, hawkish versus dovish. Dovish would be gentle and you know uh, more easy money, whereas right. hawkish would be more aggressive. Absolutely. Tight money, right? That's a great lead-in, I think, to let's talk practically speaking. Exactly. We, we kind of have an understanding of what the Fed does why they set rate policy, how it affects the banks. And now we're going to get into how that affects you and then the, the whole picture, right? So let's, you know, we've talked conceptually, but let's talk about examples, right? So lending, right? Lending is, is dramatically affected by interest rate policy, okay? So when we're raising interest rates, what is the Fed essentially trying to do? They're trying to increase the cost of credit, right? right. We've had cheap money for a long time, <laughs> long time. right? It's been really beneficial for companies to go out and borrow money at historically low interest rates yep. to turn around and invest in their company, invest mm-hmm. in product lines, invest in employees, right? Yep. To, to create capital, those kinds of things. It, it's been, that is a low interest rate policy is a high growth uh, strategy, right? Uh, yeah. We want companies to go out and invest and spend their money because the money in the bank isn't paying anything. So spend, stimulate, right. invest, grow, right? Yep. So, when we get to raising interest rates and we're increasing the cost of credit to companies and yes, families, right? right? Uh, higher interest rates mean that companies are going to invest less in their business, right? Yeah. And this is simple mathematics. Like right. if I go out and I invest or I buy a house for 250000 that's way too low, 350000 mm-hmm. and now... A year ago, the payment was seven hundred and fifty dollars less. <laughs> I know what you're. I know where you're going. Yeah. And instead of watching you do math in your head, <laughs> le, let me give an There's example because I know exactly ears. where you're going. I know exactly where you're going. And don't you're prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. don't want to see the smoke come out of your ears. We'll actually do real math here. So I, we have an example. Yeah. So obviously, businesses are going to be less likely to go borrow money and spend, Absolutely, right? Yeah. And we'll get into how this affects stock prices and things like that in a second, but. Let's talk about how the, you know, a real practical example where you're going with the mortgage. Okay. So let's look at how just a 1% interest rate increase and the Fed funds rate might affect, uh, let's say, a mortgage loan, right? So let's say a family is buying a $300,000 house on a 30 year fixed rate mortgage, uh, interest rates of 3.5%. Let's see here. And by the way, I took this example from Forbes.com, usually a pretty good resource, I think. Sure. Um, the total lifetime cost of the mortgage would be approximately $485,000. Now, if you're listening to the podcast and you go, wait a second, 300000 at 3.5%, how am I paying back $485,000? Hmm. Keep digging, okay? Yeah, exactly. Keep digging into that. All right, that's, those are good questions. So $185,000 of interest sounds like a lot, even though interest rates are low, right? Right. So your monthly payment on that principal and interest would be $1,340, Okay. So let's say this family decides that's an affordable uh, uh, mortgage payment yep. that looks good. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time they find a house, Fed raised interest rates by 1%. There's an example that just happened, right? Fed raises rates by 1%. Same family looking at the same house at 4.5% over th- a 30-year span. 
would look at paying back $547,000. Okay. So now $247,000 in interest. Mm-hmm. Monthly mortgage payment of $1,520 versus $1,340. There's an impact, right? Right. Are you more likely to go out and spend a bunch of money on a house? Or are you more likely to say, you know what? This house has served us well. We're going to stick put. We're going to stay here with our two and a half percent 10 year mortgage or whatever. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, that is, uh, it's discouraging buying. Right, 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 absolutely. Which sounds crazy. Why would we want to do that? Okay, um, so there is a real life example of how that would work. Uh, I'll take thanks after the podcast for you not having to sit there and do the math <laughs> in your head. But the reality <laughs> is, is there's still people, there's still folks out there competing for houses. Mm-hmm. It's going to slow it down, but it's not going to stop it. Well, that's a good point because I think what a lot of people are worried about is my home value is going to tank. No, it's not. Right. <laughs> I mean. This is not a guarantee, okay? We don't make those here. (laughs) What it's meant to do is to slow down the growth of home prices, which really, if you think about it, we've heard stories of you know 20% over asking price, things like that, right? Right. And there's a bidding war for crying out loud that sounds crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, what we're trying to get back to is a reasonable rate of inflation where, you know, the old rule of thumb, I think, was we just count on our houses to and you know uh, appreciate one or two percent a year right. in value, right? Exactly. Well, it's been way more than that. We did the uh, how much house can you afford episode, and I think in Ohio even we were looking at like fourteen percent national average of like seventeen. I might have those flipped, but still, it's a big number, right? Way more than one or two, which is what right. we're kind of aiming for. Yeah, and if you have interest rates that are at you know three percent, you know folks can afford yeah. a lot of house in comparison to I think. Mortgage rates are hovering around five right now on a thirty. Uh, I've heard closer to six in some cases. Yeah. Even. So I mean, that's that's a significant difference. Yeah, you're going to buy less house. Right. Home values should start to the the growth of home values mm-hmm. should decelerate. Okay? Or you're going to just not buy. Right. You're or there's less people where in the at. bidding war. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you know there is a practical example of how Fed policy can affect you. Okay. Mm-hmm. From that standpoint. Lending is just not as attractive as it has been for a long time, right? Right. Let's kind of go back and talk about now companies. It's less advantageous for companies to borrow money, right? Mm -hmm. So what's the impact that Fed rate policy has on the stock market? Because Jason, if you think about it, you go, well, the Fed is thinking about raising rates because the economy is on fire. Stocks have got to be doing really well, right? Companies are doing well. The economy is on fire. Why are they going down when, when the Fed raises interest rates? Yeah, well, they also were very overpriced. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this we're not going to go there in this, but the yeah. return uh, um, you know, that a stock returns to its shareholders whenever you can get 1% on your money versus 2% or 3, right? Right? That that will in itself kind of reset prices, Just right? Just pulls them down, yep. right? How right. you know, a risk-free return versus exactly. going out and investing in a company that does have some risk, right? Absolutely. But also the the fact that the markets are forward looking, we always say, right? Right. And that's why they're so erratic sometimes. That's why it's hard to look on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, they're trying to price in what's going to happen. Exactly. That's what the that's what the markets do. And when the Fed is hawkish, mm-hmm. when they're signaling rate hikes, what a lot of investors are saying is well, companies are going to be investing less in their com- into their companies and right. into their product lines and into growing their companies, right? Mm-hmm. Which means that you know, really, what we're looking at the cost of doing business goes up, right. right? We're probably looking at lower revenues and earnings, right? And we're we're looking at that impacting the growth rate of the stock, right? Yeah, and I think that's a that's a real balancing act. Yes, you know, and the the stock market's asking itself as 
is the Fed going to go too far? Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to, you know, cause a recession, a true deep recession? And that's why during a period like this, you often have very significant volatility. Yeah, because it's it's just not happy days are here again. No, you know, it just isn't. So, and, and I think more so now than ever, the markets hang on every word. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, we're recording a podcast here two days ago. The Fed met and they they signaled a well they. Raise, they, raised. they raised three quarters of a percent, right? When the minutes come out and we digest those minutes, the markets react again. They're going right? to react again. Yep. So even after the press conference, where they got to right. whatever they want. Absolutely. <laughs> They're going to look at the wording and we are so focused on that more than right. we ever have. How does this, we got to, we got to start moving along here, I guess, looking at the clock, but how does this impact bonds as well? Well, if you think about it, right, bonds are essentially a company owing you money that you right. lend to them. They're paying a, you an interest rate, rate right? right? And interest rates have been so terribly low. The value of your bond that is returning, let's say, two percent, it's not worth as much as a new bond being issued, at you know, four. six months from now at four percent, right? Right. So when you look at the impact on stocks and bonds, right, interest rate policy it has an impact on both of these, and that's why in a year like this year, you know, the old sixty forty portfolio that mm-hmm. balanced you know each other out, the stocks, you know, when stocks are up, bonds are down, and when bonds are, you know, vice versa. Everything's down right now, right? Because of interest rate policy, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So bonds, it, it, I put it. I use this example with clients all the time. If Blue Jay Financial Group were to issue a bond to add to our building, let's say, right? And I, I say, oh, oh we gosh. got this great bond. You give us ten thousand dollars, and we're going to pay you two percent for the next ten years. And you go, well, heck, my bank account's paying point zero 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 one. Let's so do. It. I'll take it, right? Yeah. And then two years from now. Advisor XYZ down the road goes, well, interest rates are higher now. We're going to issue a 10-year bond at 4%. And you go, well, I only got $10,000, but I really like that 4% better than the 2% that Blue Jay was giving me, right? Uh Now you got to sell your bond to somebody else to go buy that. Is anybody going to give you your $10,000 back? Because what they're looking at is, why would I give you $10,000 to get 2% when I can just give them $10,000 and get four? Right. Right? So that's going to affect the value of your bond. So the impact on stocks and bonds really in a rising rate environment is it's going to put pressure on both. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that people don't realize that, you know, that flight to safety kind of mentality during yeah. periods of times like this. If uh, inflation is 9%, cash isn't safe either. No. And that's, I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> really good segue into right. deposits. Right. right. I mean, just putting cash into the bank, also interest rate policy from the Fed impacts how much your savings account is paying. So you're going to start seeing things that are like, hey, I'll give you two or three percent, but inflation is nine, guys. Right. Like, But let's say inflation, let, let's say the Fed does the right thing. We get inflation under control, but we're in a higher rate environment, right? Mm-hmm. It's less favorable to lenders, people right. borrowing money. Yep. Now, all of a sudden, it's more favorable to savers and they're checking savings CDs, right? right? So again, the Fed is trying to encourage more personal savings, sure. right? Less yep. spending by consumers and corporations. This is how this stuff impacts you folks. So I would say this, just because the Fed is raising rates, don't expect it in your bank account anytime soon. Yeah, banks That's are going banks are going to like try to increase their margin <laughs> for a little while. So right. Yeah, and and don't be don't be too quick to rush into you know one and a half or two percent CDs or something like well, that. Well, especially with inflation readings where they're at. Yeah. So exactly. That I think that's a really good way to wrap this up is you know how does it affect our portfolios and what we're doing right now? Are stocks and bonds under pressure? Are savings under pressure? Yes. Is the Fed trying to combat that? Yes. So it feels like it's working against us, 
But where are we going to do better than inflation is doing? Historically, it's the stock market. Absolutely. Right? So we're looking for opportunities to reposition, Mm -hmm. but we are buy and hold. We're long-term. Right. And and we're talking about investments. If you're an investor, you're long-term. If you can tune out the noise from the day traders, right? Mm -hmm. This really affects traders, but really this creates a lot of opportunities uh, in the long run for investors, which we hope you are. And you can all give us a call with questions if you need, right? (laughs) You know uh, what? That's what we're here for. This high horse has been persistent and transitive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you want to know what Jason's talking about, give us a call. Shoot us an email. It would be a fun conversation. <laughs> Thanks for having a drink with us this week, folks. It's time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at bluejfg.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with the latest action by following us on Facebook. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Caleb and Jason. Cheers. Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC. Blue Jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to a consumer in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written consent on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless other otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. And I think this drink needs a disclaimer. I'm I'm feeling it. (laughs) Are you feeling it? I'm starting to. I know. It's a good one. We didn't drink the whole thing. (laughs) What the heck? (laughs) I'm not a quitter.